Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's. Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. She is absolutely correct. Thank you, the lovely and talented Diana. We are, as advertised, The Approach Shot. Hey, I'm Neil Michaels. John Ashton will be joining us shortly, probably complaining of his sore muscles because if you recall last week, I told you that John and his family moved this past week. Now, if I was living in Louisville, Kentucky, and I had the option to move any month of the year, I'm not sure I'd pick January. Just, just, you know, You've heard how bad the weather is. It's freezing, if not less than freezing in most of the country. So, John, I hope everything went well, and I hope you kept warm. Hopefully moving around a little bit did that for you. Um, Neil Michaels, John will be, uh, as I mentioned, coming along in a bit. I did want to talk to you about the New Year's resolutions that we discussed last week, especially the golf New Year's resolutions, which I had suggested you hold my feet to the fire on, especially on social media, feel free to get on at the approach shot and bug me about it because I said I was going to go out and play more often. And I did go to the driving range. I hope that counts. Last week, interestingly enough, I get out there and I got to some of my bad habits, my bad old driving range habits, which was I'm not a guy who hits a driver very well. So I I generally hit a three wood and so I don't get the distance that a lot of people do, but I do try to keep it down the middle. And if, you know, the course is in good shape and it's warm out, I get a little bit of a roll. I'll get to 215, 220, 230 if I'm lucky. So I'm out there and I'm hacking away and I'm, I'm you know, trying to get that swing just the way it needs to be. And I was reminded of a conversation that I had when I used to live in Atlanta with a guy who said to me when he saw me on the driving range, so I see you're doing a lot of three wood and driving and five woods. Is that the way you play? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, when you play a round of golf, is that the way you play? And I said, well, of course not. I hit a driver or I hit a three wood and then a fairway wood or an iron and then a short iron and then I putt. And he said, so why aren't you doing that on the driving range? And I thought he was a bit of a smart aleck at the time, but it it made me go, 
you know, I really am neglecting my mid irons and short irons on the driving range because, you know, er, I want to be a man and get out there and hit it long and all that kind of stuff. It uh, didn't occur to me that I really wasn't hitting eights and nines at all. I would hit a pitching wedge or two and I'd hit some fours and fives. But again, with that, I was going for distance. So this year, part of my resolution is when I go to the driving range, I am going to hit more eights and nines and do it for not only distance, but in an effort to try to hit a certain spot. That's just something that just hit me in in the head as I was out on the driving range. And I'm just passing that along because the guy that gave me that advice was a two handicap. (laughs) I should probably take a little bit of advice from a guy that plays that well. All right. Having said all of that, we are um, thrilled to be able to bring you today's guest. He is an NFL Hall of Famer. He was selected to the Pro Bowl three times. He's a philanthropist now. He played for the Kansas City Chiefs for 18 seasons. And when he retired, he was ranked first in field goal percentage in history and had the most field goals in NFL history. And this guy is not only funny, he's articulate and a gas. Nick Lowry of the Kansas City Chiefs will be joining us after this. Don't you dare go anywhere. The great Arnold Palmer once said, Golf is deceptively simple and endlessly complicated. This quote applies to investing, too. It sounds easy, right? Invest your money and watch it grow. But 90% of the people lose money in the stock market. Just remember, you can't control the markets, but you can control your risk. So how do billionaire investors control their risk? They diversify their portfolios with alternative assets like blue-chip art. In fact, many billionaires allocate 10 to 30% of their entire portfolios to art. The simple fact is that blue-chip art prices outpace the S&P 500 by 164% from 1995 to 2020. That's why I was so excited when I found Masterworks. This alternative investing platform lets you invest in paintings by legends like Andy Warhol, Monet, and Picasso without spending millions. Over 300,000 people have signed up, and if you want priority access to their newest paintings, you need to log on to masterworks.art slash approach. That's masterworks.art slash approach. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Men, want to feel younger, stronger, leaner? You don't have to slow down after 40. Frank Thomas found the secret to staying in shape with the energy and drive of his 20s. Man, you look like you could still hit it a mile. I feel great, too. What gives? After 40, men slow down. It's harder to stay in shape. Why? Our free testosterone levels drop. It happened to me. And then I found Nugenics Total T. New Nugenics Total T is our most powerful man-boosting formula ever because it boosts your free testosterone and your total testosterone. Nugenics Total T helps provide even more energy, performance, testosterone, and muscle-boosting ingredients for even better results. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text GRIT to 321-321. Samples are not available in stores. Well, wait. When are you do something about it now? I got to try Nugenics Total Tea. Text GRIT to 321-321 for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. That's G-R-I-T to 321-321. 
Hey, it is us. We promised you a stellar and luminary guest, and we have one. Uh, I'm John Ashton. He is Neil Michaels. And I'm sorry that we took so long to get to him because this is a guy we should have started talking to eons ago. But Nick Lowry, the name rings a bell, but I'm going to let Neil, the head of Chiefs Nation, Michaels. That's Lowry. Nick Lowry. 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 Like like Mike Lowry's brother. I'm the brother of Mike Lowry. <laughs> I was gonna say I do that every time I hear your name. I think Mike Lowry. I'm Mike Lowry's brother. Listen, flying back on team planes, especially after we won, which with the Jets wasn't a whole lot, but with the Chiefs was, I'd I'd be walking down the aisle, Mike Lowry. <laughs> Fifteen times. I wonder if Martin Lawrence knew at the time that that was going to be so quotable. So Nick Lowry. For those of you who go, I, I know the name. The name rings a bell. Yes, three-time All-Pro for the Kansas City Chiefs. Seven times um, All-Pro. What? Seven times All-Pro, three times Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. Sorry. three. It does say right here, three-time Pro Bowl. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, kicker for the Chiefs, and then there were two other teams. Um, <laughs> had the best field goal percentage and most field goals in NFL history when he retired. Longest field goal in Chiefs history, 58 yards, which has been tied twice but not beaten yet. I had it twice, too. In fact, if you look at the video, it was really 59 (laughs) yards against the Raiders. But because the Chiefs emblem was covering the hash marks, the knuckleheads were like, ah, it's 58. No, it's 59. In fact, Todd Christensen, my buddy, who was a player rep for the – one of the player reps for the Raiders, said it was the longest kick he ever saw because if you watch it, I can send you the video – it goes left to right and hits half, about two thirds of the way up the net from 59 yards. Not bad. Oof. Yeah. See, today they would say, "Oh, he had another 15 yards on that one," and then it would, but you still wouldn't get credit for 71. Oh, I wouldn't expect credit for 71. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, also, by the way, this is interesting because John usually does the the geography thing. Oh, I knew somebody who lived in the same area I did. Uh, you grew up in Washington, D.C. and went to St. Albans, which my first program director ever in radio went to St. Albans, Chuck Dixon. Really? And you're about the same age. so He was in my class. Was he? Yes. Really? Yeah. We had a class of 64 and Chuck Dickman. I'm not going to make any jokes about that last name. <laughs> Believe me, he's heard them all. You have to. Yeah, exactly. You have to. And by the way, with the shoe fits. With a first name, Nick, you can imagine the poetry that's out there as well. Nick, Dickman, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. I, I will I will contact him through social media and say, Nick Lowry says hi. Exactly. So we've got a lot to talk to you about today, including a lot of football stuff. But it sounds to us like maybe, you know, we talk a little football, and then you tell us a little bit more about Beyonce, Muhammad yeah. Ali. The all the interview known. is tangents. Yeah. <laughs> tangents. It's possible this is going to be the first four-hour podcast we've ever done. <laughs> I just want to know like that. Four hours. How, how many of your compatriots on that list, and you're in the top 20 of points scored all time in the NFL, how many of the compatriots on that list came from Ivy League schools? Because that doesn't happen a whole lot in the NFL. You know what? I'll give you. I just found out from Reggie Williams, who played with me at Dartmouth and then had a great career with Cincinnati, should be. He's in the top 50 Cincinnati Bengals of all time, helped found the Disney uh, sports complex down there. And apparently no Ivy League player has ever played more 
NFL seasons than Nick Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, surprise me, none. And an NFL Hall of Fame nominee in 2020. When's that going to Oh, happen? every year. Every year nominated. Yeah. Yeah. We, let me just, how can I throw some stats at you? Beat out Stenerud. Stenerud, um, head-to-head, played six more years with Green Bay and Minnesota. His lifetime percentage was 67%. Mine was 80%. He was 58% at Arrowhead Stadium. I was 85%. But who's counting? <laughs> uh, and uh, Morton Anderson, 20 years indoors. They all they both deserve to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Don't get me wrong. They're yes, both they do. big kickers, but so do I. And uh, <laughs> my percentages were higher uh, outdoors in windy Arrowhead and windy, very windy Meadowlands. Um, but you know what? Uh, one of the things I really truly mean this is at this stage, I'm 65. I mean, I feel like I'm 40, but uh, when I wake up in the morning, I feel like I'm 80. But when I start uh-huh. going, <laughs> but um, you know, at this stage in their life, it really should be about what makes you grateful what helps you get up in the morning doing the things having the right to do the things you truly love so that part i love and i think when you worry too much about the hall of fame stuff it gets you into that ego-based stuff that you know it's always i believe god's timing to get serious for a second it's our our job is just to do the things we love with the passion and the discipline and the integrity you know that matters and have fun which i try to do and uh let the rest take care of itself so w- earlier this year, or I, I guess it was last year, Justin Tucker hit the kick that has now established the longest field goal in history. You're a kicker. You watch that. It hits the upright and bounces through. Yeah, two inches in Florida, it would not have gone through. Right. Are you thinking good for him, or are you thinking, ah, that one doesn't count? No, that was an extraordinary kick. I will say, in Stenerud, here he is already in the Hall of Fame. We're sitting in the owner's suite about five years ago. And he goes, Nick, you need to tell them that uh, terrible accent. But anyway, um, <laughs> you need to tell them, you know, the balls are easy. They break the balls in now. So if you ever played baseball, a baseball mitt's very stiff. You need to put linseed oil and work it through before you can catch. Well, here's a quick analysis for you. The average foot, a lot of science that's pretty accurate. The average kick, the foot connects with the football for 4,000 of a second. So if the ball's broken in, and you add one thousandth of a second to that, five thousandths of a second, that's what? 20% more 20% control more. Mm-hmm. and power. And so the average kickoffs are six, seven yards farther. The average net punt is a good five. It's gone from 35 to 40. The field goals, the percentages that were at 40 are now at 50. So you tell me, I mean, they're, the kickers are better. Mm-hmm. They ain't that much better. So, I mean, that's why, and of course, there are 18 indoor stadiums now versus five when I played. So the, the right. game conditions, the artificial turf or the, the field turf that's grass with a lot of things that help the uh, surface be consistent, like at Arrowhead Stadium, helps a lot. It's like hitting out of the you know middle of the fairway rather than the, the rough. And Harrison Butker is one of the two or three best kickers in the NFL. Absolutely. He's extraordinary. No doubt. So I'm not taking away from the great kickers in the game today. And Justin Kicker is the best kicker I've ever seen. And he also sings opera. I mean, what a jerk. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. He's... <laughs> Fortunately, not at the same time. No, he, he, I, you know what? Wouldn't that be great as on an extra point? <laughs> but then it, the first time. The very first time he missed one, people would say, if he would just concentrate, it'd be so much better. Hey, I have a, I have a question about football. And this comes from a fan's perspective. 
and probably somebody who's listened to, to the guys do too much play-by-play in color. These days, with the new rules of a touchback going out to the 25-yard line, wouldn't it make more sense for kickers to kick the ball higher and to have it come down at like the two or three and force a run back? Because generally, they're either not going to get out to the 25 or there's going to be a penalty because there always seems to be a penalty on a kickoff, which is going to move the ball back. Wouldn't that help field position if well, kickers started to kick in the field? This time of year, teams do it. So if you watch last weekend, there were a number of times when they do it. Harrison Butker did it last week. So uh, the week before against the Raiders, anyway, when it's colder, there's wind, you know, you're maybe not going to get it five yards deep. So you just kick it really high to the corner with, with instead of four second hang time, eight yards deep, you kick it four, five hang time, four, four hang time to the two. That's exactly what can happen. And if you need to get the ball back, if you're winning, then you probably are better just to kick the ball through right. to not give them the chance of breaking through and having a big return. Yeah, that's true. I have, I have a question from a standpoint of being an adult. Um, <laughs> stress. Is this a different standpoint than normal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that happened. If I was an adult, what would I do? <laughs> that's right. We, we deal with stress all the time in, in various forms, man. But you, particularly being a kicker and kickers in general, when you're out there, I mean, a lot of times the game's on the line. And it's like, you know, you get three seconds left, the score's tied, or you're down by two or three points, and you need the field goal. And if you miss it, then you lose the game. Not the team, it's you lost the game. So how do you deal with that, man? Well, first of all, you train so that you are walking through your your mental and physical being every kind of situation, especially crucial kicks. In fact, the truth is, any game that I ever missed a kick, I felt was a failure. Right. Unless it was a 60 yarder and I'd made four field or whatever, you know, that one field goal haunts you. You wake up during the the night after the game, you know, trying to make it go through. So Mm -hmm. that's the essence of being a great kicker is all these guys that can kick it like Justin Tucker, 66 yards or 70, but they can't do it when it matters in a game. So Mm -hmm. you have to practice that way. That's the way Pete Carroll practiced the one great year we had with him that they should have kept him in New York. Uh, And, and really most of the great teams, they understand that you've got to practice as if it's a game. So you accept that. And the better you are, I mean, I tell the story all the time, 1988 happened twice, 1988 and 1992. So I was 22 for 23 in 1988, which is an NFL record for percentage late in the season. And uh, I come into a quick trip store, you know, gas, I'm getting some eggs and some orange juice and, not too far from the stadium, and I go in there, and the lady behind the counter goes, "You're Nick Lowry, yeah, the kicker for the Chiefs, yeah. I saw you miss that field goal. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you?" <laughs> and and so the truth is, unfair criticism is absolutely part of the formula of being great and important. At anything, being president, being a great radio host, podcast host, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, policeman, one wrong move in your career, what are you going to be measured for? So yeah, that is a- horrible pressure. That's horrible stuff. But, you know, taking pride in being the best you can be and, and understanding unfair criticism comes with it 
is kind of the only way to deal with it, I mean, especially today, because it's not only unfair criticism, it's criticism from anonymous people that don't know what the, you know what they're talking about. Sometimes. Sure, yeah, yeah. And you just have to, Michael Jordan, Julia Serving would always say, you know, have your standards so high that they can never be exceeded by the expectations of others, you know, and, and that's really what it is, is you just love the work. When I talk to kids every day, last night, uh, a couple of kids I was talking to, it's always about that, loving the work, finding what you, what stirs your passions, what makes you feel like you're doing something special and, and have the standard to be the best at that and work your tail off. And that's the only way I made it. I mean, we haven't mentioned that I was cut and rejected 11 times by eight teams, but the person, the Nick Lowry, Nick Lowry in 1978, <laughs> they got cut by the Patriots after two games, even though we beat the Chargers and the Raiders on national TV was not the same one. Two years later, I was able to be confident that I'd paid my dues and I was ready to beat out at that point, the greatest kicker in the history of the game, Jan Stenard, head to head every day and break all his records. So the hard work and the discipline loving that and then finally of course the reward is knowing not thinking but knowing you're better than you've ever been and you're getting better and that that you know what the the path to that is which is the daily creative examination of and discipline to yeah. not only do the work but then look at it look at what your discipline is and improve it how do i even get better how do i look at the mechanics of my body to to make myself an even better performer you're not thinking I'm going to have to adopt that whole philosophy next time I'm over a four foot putt. That's, that's going to help. I do understand Nick that you do a lot of uh, excellent work outside of football. And when we come right back, we want to delve into that and talk about it a bit right here. We are the approach shot, Nick Lowry, Kansas city chiefs, hall of fame and top 20 point scorers of all time. In the NFL, uh, he's our guest, and and he's got a bit of a personality. He so was number know. one when he finished, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he's number one. He, I'll he's give number my one. Finger. We'll be right back. Hang with us. Hey, it's Neil. And like you, I've heard about a lot of folks making money with crypto. But frankly, outside of Bitcoin, I know nothing about crypto. Well, I was curious, and on YouTube, I found Crypto with James and started watching. James is cryptocurrency expert James McMahon, and his Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the very cryptocurrencies that he personally holds. So you can actually just copy them. Crypto with James's YouTube channel has over 15,000 subscribers and 1 million views. As an example, James's top pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, is currently up 440 times what it was when he originally made it one of his picks. Imagine if you had just put $1,000 into that one investment. So join the 1,300 members who already take advice from or just copy James by going to copymycrypto.com approach. You'll not only find proof of everything I've said, but listeners of The Approach Shot can join for just $1. You won't find this offer anywhere else on the internet. That's copymycrypto.com approach and join today for just $1. 
Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800-590-0443. That's 800-590-0443. Again, 800-590-0443. All right. Sorry we were gone so long. We are back. I'm John Ashton here. Neil Michaels there. Nick Lowry is our guest. And uh, and the whole stream of consciousness thing. I've been singing Bad Boys, Bad Boys since I saw your name on the, on the schedule yeah, coming I, up. So, just so don't. Yeah, so you're not allowed. <laughs> no, no, there is no singing. The, the rule is there's no singing on this. No, we, the rule is you can't sing. <laughs> well, nobody, nobody else has to follow that rule. <laughs> Everything you just said in the last segment, Nick, about the mindset and believing in your greatness, and John sort of threw this away, so I wanted to bring it back up. You play golf. Is this the kind of thing that that really can be translated? Because you you were one of the greatest kickers of all time, certainly very, very top of your field. But then you get out into the golf course and you're not Tiger Woods. You do play. How do you get yourself into the mindset of saying, I might not be the greatest at this, but I'm going to use that same thought process to go out here and compete? Well, big distinction is besides being realistic with your talent. I mean, I think I could have ended up being pretty good in, in golf. My brother, Mark, was a tennis pro. So I learned the proper form in tennis. And I actually won the U.S. Open Celebrity Doubles all three years I was with the Jets on mm. CBS mm. The day before the U.S. Open started because I understood and, and I loved the training for it. And it took an hour, hour and a half, not 18 million hours like golf. Having said that, <laughs> uh, you, know, you have to be realistic uh, at any age, but particularly as you get older, that you're willing to put in the commitment and the work to to be great in golf. Golf, more than any sport just about, requires just a lot of work to get that touch and that awareness of distance and, and all the different types of shots you have. Having said that, if, big if, capital I, capital F, your commitment is to be great and to do the work, then part of the work can be as John was talking about lining over that lining up that four foot putt, you practice it a thousand times. And then you can literally say, as I, I had a show on Sirius satellite called uh, head games and I had Bart Connor on, I think he had the first perfect 10 in men's gymnastics in the U S you literally make practice so much like the game, like the match or the performance that when you get to the actual arena, you say, I'm back at practice. You can you make it so that you can fool yourself into just trusting that. And that's really what it comes down to is trusting that you don't have to do anything more than just be what you've always been. Then the way the brain works, complicated a little bit. But really, when you are self-conscious, the brain will activate the large muscle groups for fight or flight and your touch is diminished. When you're less self-conscious, if you create a word that helps you release that and just react, all of the millions of synapses in the brain just do what they naturally do. Your natural flow when you throw, your natural flow when you kick, your natural flow when you hit a baseball, when you hit a golf ball, all those things can take over. So for me, as an analogy, and, and for those that play golf, this is one thing you could do. Find what works for you. I would be lining up that kick in my first step 
as I'm approaching the ball, not my first step, but my plant step, I was a right-footed kicker. My left foot, I go left foot, which was reminding me just to point the left foot exactly at the target. And then secondly, I'd say explode. That's what worked for me. Explode was not try to kill the ball, but just attack it. And, uh, and so my game-winning field goal percentages went up more too because I just, you know, when you're self-conscious and trying to be too perfect, that's when you get in trouble. Cool. Excellent. He, could, he would make a good golf instructor, don't you think? I think. I, I think. I would know just enough to really <laughs> screw them up. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's kind of how we play. <laughs> we know just <laughs> enough to screw up every time. My next door neighbor, so to my right, coming out my front door, two doors down with Muhammad Ali. To my left, two doors down and across the street was Gary McCord. Oh. And, <laughs> and Gary is one of the funniest people ever. Greatest and mustache in golf, man. Greatest mustache. And he was partners with Peter Costas. Mm-hmm. And um, Peter's email was not Bob. <laughs> and they started a golf school. So when I interviewed them together, sometimes I'd say, so Peter, what does Gary do? And uh, Peter would say in his rather caustic humor, that was his uh, style. I pay Gary to stay the hell away from the golf school. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they do for me. They pay me to stay away. Gotcha. So Nick, there's a whole lot of information that has come our way regarding your work with the homeless in Arizona. And you uh, started a group called Champions for the Homeless. Part of the mission is to make it so that people don't think homeless people are invisible that they're human beings too. They deserve to be treated as such. So uh, I'm very interested in hearing how that came about and what you do. Well, you know, I think all of us can find something that really matters to us. And frankly, if it's one thing, one person that we help every day, it's amazing how that changes the caliber of our life and experience. And I don't even remember exactly how it was. I think I was invited down to St. Vincent de Paul 17 years ago. And I just thought, you know, I should do something more with this. So we started a thing where I would get 15 of my NFL brothers here wearing their jerseys. And then I got thousand flowers. Then we added music. And so as they come in through St. Vincent de Paul, they walk through and they're, they're welcomed by all these pretty ladies. We got to always have Miss Arizona's there. And, and all these ladies, we started with the big guys handing out flowers. It just didn't feel right. (laughs) They then followed as they're coming down, they have these large guys welcoming them. And our whole thing is to put a human face, but also just to come from unconditional love and respect. And so, you know, really the same spirit as the, the one I alluded to with Muhammad Ali, just everybody's important. And so I spend what grew uh, from 30 volunteers to 400 volunteers. I spend wow. 20 minutes before just saying the most important thing, because you're so used to what's my goal? What's my role? What do I do as a volunteer? is the most important thing you can do is treat every single person as the most important person with love and respect and ask them their story. So we hand out now, it's grown and evolved. We've added all these different layers to it. So now, you know, give away a thousand $5 gift certificates to Starbucks and McDonald's and thousand flowers. And then we give away 500 sweatshirts, 500, a thousand pairs of socks, 500 pairs of underwear, and all sorts of other donated clothing that can help the homeless when they want to dress up for a job interview, for instance. Mm-hmm. And it's just really tapped into all the volunteers, many of whom are retired. 
saying, and some of them extraordinarily successful people saying, this is the piece that was missing from my life. And I really do have an issue, issue, everybody goes, issue, oh no, what? But I, I do have a real problem with the mercenary quality of Christmas and Thanksgiving, particularly Christmas, you know, when it's really about love, it's really about connection that we can do every day. And so when you do Champions for the Homeless, First of all, you realize so many of the people that you meet, when they're given respect and love and they're safe, these layers, the Bible would call it scales, but these layers of protection and these masks that they harden themselves with to protect themselves disappear. Oh, and wow. now that we've been doing it, we've done almost 60 events now over 16 years, and we've had amazing people, um, just to mention, uh, Demarius Thomas, who died last week, mm -hmm. tragically, he was at one of our events, a sweet human being. Larry Fitzgerald was at Thanksgiving, the Bidwill that owned the, the family, um, come, well, Nicole Bidwell herself, the sister of Michael Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals, is bringing her therapy horses. Uh, we have chiropractors. We've had haircutters, which we're not ready to do right now with COVID yet, but we will soon. And what's interesting is during COVID, we made Phoenix, the very first city in the country to provide free rapid COVID testing for the homeless. And then we provided vaccinations. And so just doing all sorts of things that say you are not forgotten, you're important. And the other thing is Tony Robbins, who I've been lucky enough to work with, you know, he would talk about the quality of the questions you ask, which is a phenomenal podcast host, I'm sure you know, uh, <laughs> determines your values and the stories you tell determines what's important. So if you get the media to cover the homeless, number one, number two, to interview the homeless, as we did on Thanksgiving, and there were three, three homeless folks, two African-Americans, one Hispanic-American, articulate, grateful, clear-headed, shattering these notions. And then last Christmas, we had two ladies who had been homeless and their eyes were bright, they're wearing masks and their eyes are just glistening with love and appreciation. And so it shatters unconsciously and consciously the viewing public, it shatters the way they look at the homeless. And what you've noticed, what I've noticed and what everybody here has noticed is while by definition, the homeless issue is a desperate one, it's a heck of a lot better than it is in Los Angeles and yeah. Southern California. And, San Francisco, where it's just a problem. It's a problem. What do we do as opposed to these are individuals? And it's amazing how you treat people differently when you do that. In fact, speaking of that, the whole police issue, I'll even go there. Uh, Sheriff Paul Penzone, mm -hmm. who replaced Crazy Joe Arpaio, uh, <laughs> uh, who, whose pink underwear thing, you know, or whatever, was, it had some merit in there somewhere. But. <laughs> But Paul Penzone was there with his wife wearing a mask, not asking for any attention at all, just serving. Mm -hmm. And so the same principle applies in communities where the police know the people that they're working with and serving and vice versa. When the community looks at the police as individuals, when you look at somebody as a human being, you treat them differently. I'm working. That's, Absolutely. That's really our, our passion. And we've seen it make a huge difference. And so... St. Vincent de Paul, the same. Another thing that's really important, uh, whether it's a radio station or whether it's any company, or any organization, the same people that I started working with 16 years ago, Steve Zabilski, Danielle McMahon, Jessica Berg, Jer Jerry Castro, the same people are there 16 years later. Mm. So the values are so deep 
that even though the job description is never what all the millions of things that you never were told you're going to have to do, you have to do, especially with COVID. Hello. And right. they're still there. And so there's stable leadership. So it's incredibly gratifying. So we went from 400 volunteers during COVID last year to 15. And yet we pulled it off. We, uh, St. Vincent de Paul um, had to create bags with the prepackaged food so that there was no touching at that point. Right. Um, then we went to 30, then 50. And now we're back up to about 120 volunteers. We'll probably have about that this time that we're allowed. We probably won't do much more than that, but that's still a great number that we can do a lot of service with. And right. now you're driving home after the event and it feels the way Christmas should feel. It feels the way Thanksgiving should feel. And, you know, obviously really gratitude should be a daily thing every day of your life, you know, but having something that you intentionally work towards to make you feel clear about why you're so grateful. Yeah. You know, that changes everything in your life. And for us spoiled narcissistic athletes, uh, <laughs> we have, we I was have, Mike Lowry, <laughs> to, you know, I'm, all of us, I think we just have to check what is real success yeah. and, and have a sense of being grounded in the things that can never be taken away from us. The levels of happiness and gratitude and satisfaction and fulfillment and connection. I think today with COVID, especially, you know, we're here we are on kind of stream yard, Zoom sort of thing. There are a lot of people that are so isolated and they're missing that sense of connection. So definitely, I, I think there's a human music we play at at St. Vincent de Paul at Champions for the Homeless. And if you guys want to go to nicklowry.org and there's a donate page, you can see all sorts of videos about what we've done and do, including working on, you know, providing job training for high paying jobs. That is over $20 an hour jobs where you might actually save a tiny bit of money and have a better chance of getting out of poverty. Very cool. You know, one thing that struck me as you were talking, man, is, is the two groups, the group of, of professional athletes and the group of homeless the general public has a problem perceiving as real people. Yeah. And when, when you can get like time with you now or, or time with like you have with, with the folks at St. Vincent de Paul, you get a totally different idea of who these people are and you can see them as people. And that, that way you, you build a relationship and, and the, the world gets better. You know, you also see people that just, where do you need me? Yeah. When do I sign up? What time do you need me there? Yeah. And then the people that may not quite be there, they witness that and they go, gosh, I, w I want that. And you know what? Here's the other thing. Talk about, you know, the NFL now uses a phrase generational wealth, which is a beautiful phrase for guys coming from 73% African-American, often from poor families that never had education or wealth of any sustainable kind. Um, but there's also generational mental health too. And I just think that, you know, the different types of wealth, when the, when the players witness how good this feels and then their kids come with them, mm. tell their father or mother, I have to, we got to go back. I never felt more powerful. I never felt so great. And here I am helping an adult. I'm 12 years old and I'm helping a 40 year old be less, you know, unhappy. I see a smile on their face and they connected eye to eye with me soul to soul if you want and then to have talk about grateful i get emotional talking about this some of these kids that were 10 and 12 do the interview after three four years of doing it i bring them in and they speak to the cameras uh -huh. what do you think it does to them for their lifetime 
when me at the age of 13, 14, by the way, the parents seeing it too, being an advocate in a productive, wonderful way, articulating really profound notions of equality and love and, you know, overcoming adversity and being there for people, you know, that's the exact antidote, the exact vaccination, frankly, emotionally and spiritually, what we need today with all of these divisive messages when we have, for the most part, 75, 80% of the population, I believe, are sane and uh, <laughs> want to do the right thing and yeah. want to work hard, want to be loving, want to be great parents, want to be great citizens. And that's who I'm interested in. The other people that don't respond to that, well, they're missing out. Yeah. Yep. They're lost. John, he's, he's a wonderful guy, and I hate what we're about to do to him. Well, he'll get over it. Six pack, six questions, hot seat. Yeah, it's coming up. Hang out with us here on the approach. Don't mess with Mike Lowry. (laughs) Hey, it's Neil. Some people collect sports cards. Well, not me. I collect watches. It's true for over 25 years, I've collected watches. And so I was blown away when I was introduced to one of the best kept secrets in automatic watches. Orient Watch USA. According to GQ, Orient Watch is the king of the sub-500 automatic watch category with many models priced below $150. That's a lot of value for this Japanese-powered watch. So when Orient came to me and said, hey, Neil, would you like to talk about our watches? I said, hell yes. This holiday season, why spend hundreds or even thousands of dollars when you can buy a higher quality, sharper looking, better crafted alternative? Orient Watch USA has thousands of five-star reviews, so check them out today. And here's an exclusive offer for listeners of The Approach Shot. Visit orientwatchusa.com and use the code APPROACH for 15% off anything on the entire site. Again, Go to orientwatchusa.com now and use the code APPROACH for 15% off site-wide. That's orientwatchusa.com and use the code APPROACH for 15% off. Attention anyone who is impacted by the current pandemic and has $2,000 or more in credit card debt. If any credit card companies extended your credit with attractive interest rates or low minimum balances, and now because of it, you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt, here's some really great news. It happened to millions of people at no fault of their own. But thanks to a powerful program now approved, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. That's right. Our nation wide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. We've helped over half a million people with their credit card debt, and now we can help you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today. Call Credit Guard of America now at 800-672-6925 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. The call and information are free. Call 800-672-6925. That's 800-672-6925. 800-672-6925. And we are back. I'm John Ashton. He is Neil Michaels. Nick Lowry is our guest and has been for this entire program. And I think we should just make it a series with Nick. I mean, I do too. Yeah. Just, you know, become an integral part of the show here. We say all the time, you know, we'd really love to have you back. We would really love to have you back. (laughs) Unfortunately, Nick, what comes at the end of all these shows is the terror of the six pack of questions that we're about to fire off to you. And what we ask of you 
is that you give us the very first answer that comes to mind. Don't think about it. It doesn't help. It, nothing helps. And give us the first thing that comes to mind. Don't think about it. If you think about it, you'll hear something like, no. And then you'll, Sorry. You, yeah, you'll know. You ready? I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. Question one. Nick Lowry, you can choose anyone in history to sit down and have a cocktail with and talk sports. Who would it be? Winston Churchill. Interesting. Is Was Winston Churchill a big sports fan? Well, he was half American, half English. And of course he was a sports fan. One of the most competitive SOBs in history. That's true. And he had one of the greatest senses of humor of all time. I just think he would have an amazing perception, first of all, Today's sports environment with TV everywhere, 35 cameras on the football field, slow motion, this weird thing. By the way, I'll share something with you. When you're lining up a field goal and that cam that comes over the field lines up behind you, you can hear it. So it's coming up. (laughs) When it's behind you, you're like, ah, don't focus, 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 focus. Ah, whoa. It's it's weird. I I take my hat off to the guys that don't let it distract them. Wow, that was what that I don't think we've ever had a tangent quite that far out on, on a a question in the right. six pack. Also, the first Ivy League educated person we've had on this, the show. So that's where the Churchill answer came in. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> question two Which teammate of yours was most fun to play with? Danny Salamua. Danny Salamua was our nose tackle. He was only about six feet tall, but he was about 300 pounds. He was low to the ground. He was always around the football and he was just like a natural comic. So I got him back one time because during practice, we were practicing a fake field goal and he ran out and shoved me down to the ground when he really didn't have to. So he turned around and he's not a small man and he's walking back and they're all chuckling, chuckling during practice of late season. And so I got up ahead of steam. And at that point I was 215, 220 pounds and I hit him boom right below the numbers and sent him flying like that, skidding on the grass. He wasn't laughing then, but he was one of the funny, one of the funniest guys ever. Derek Thomas was uh, was also pretty funny. He would say to me, "Nick, you're not the man next to the man. You're not the man behind the man, and you're not the man in front of the man. You are the man." <laughs> That's great. That's a bumper sticker if ever there was one. Question on, three: sticker. You're instrumental in bringing a voice to the homeless, as we've talked about. If you could create a T-shirt. And give them to all of our listeners that would communicate your mission. You have one line. What would it say? We all matter. You know what? That's probably politically incorrect, but a soul is a soul is a soul. How's that? There you go. Perfect. Question four. A lot of people don't know this about you. and We didn't cover it because we've only been talking for six hours. (laughs) You worked with Presidents Reagan, George Herbert Walker Bush, and Bill Clinton. Of the three, who would have made the best professional football player? Oh, gosh. Probably Reagan when he was obviously younger. Uh, he, he was he was an interesting guy. He was a tough guy. He would have been a great form tackler. W was a decent athlete. Uh, H.W. was a baseball player, as you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, Clinton. So we had on May 25th, 1993, and this is actually in Sports Illustrated if you look it up. I helped host with the president because I was working in the White House Office of National Service and we were launching AmeriCorps. And that's another great story I would love to share with you because President Dole was really the one and he just passed away. 
but we had we had Dan Marino, Joe Theismann, Thomas Hearns, Dave Winfield. We even had Sinbad. We had all these people in the Oval Office that were doing things in their communities. So I'm standing next to the president. And hold on. Well, it's right there. If you can see that up there, I'm not sure if you can see it, but that's yet that's another me. Nick Lowry picture of proof. <laughs> so that that's me against uh, leaning against the president's Oval Office desk, and he's. <laughs> He's got pink skin. He's lost 20 pounds. I said, Mr. President, you look great. What's your secret? What have you been doing? He goes, and this is May 25th. So it's warming up in Washington. He goes, Nick, I've been running sprints on the South Lawn. And I said, Mr. President, I guarantee you were the first and most likely last president to be running sprints <laughs> on a regular basis on the South Lawn. So and I'm not sure that he was the kind of athlete that would have been a great football player. He might have, but I'd go with Reagan probably. Reagan. All right. Question five. We got to open up to us on this one. What's the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you on oh, the field? Absolutely. So so they have these blowers, heaters on the sidelines that are, again, they don't have them high, which is weird to me. I mean, hell, make them higher so they hit the guys, you know, in their mid-region, right, not their feet. But <laughs> right before, near the, near the uh, kicking net, right around the 30-yard line, there's a blower, right? So but when it was really cold, I would crouch down in front of the blower to get some heat in my legs because it could be really, really cold. In fact, December 8th, I think it was, we played, they just did the anniversary. It was 31 windshield below zero. We intercepted John Elway four times. Late in the season, it could get really, really cold, right? So, so now we're playing San Diego and it's cold and I'm crouching down in front of the blowers and Brian Barker, our punter in my holder goes, Nick, you, you burned a hole in your crotch. <laughs> and i kicked two field goals this, and we're driving for the game winning field goal and i later found out it was the 300th field goal of my career and i've got this big hole in my crotch right where you you know right there and i'm wearing stuff under it but still it would have been kind of embarrassing uh -huh. so mike davidson the greatest equipment manager ever i called attention to him he cut little holes on either side of it and then got lace and just laced it up literally now we're past the 50 and literally two minutes later i line up went out and kick a 36 yard field goal right hash right down the pipe and uh, <laughs> then kick the ball out of the end zone and we beat the chargers so but that was that was pretty embarrassing that's that's a great one and and kudos to your equipment manager yeah that's some quick thinking all right question six and we ask this of everybody who comes on the show since we are the approach shot Nick Lowry, in your approach to life, what one rule do you live by? Uh, align your values so clearly that you find something to serve bigger than you that gives you a sense of lasting, impenetrable joy and satisfaction. Do the things that really matter to you so you have no regrets. Wow, this I, I, I don't feel like Nick felt this was the hot seat at all. For him, it sounded you like gave him these questions in advance. Yeah, did you? <laughs> you are he's, off the hot seat. He's been practicing this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get the feeling that that was not a challenge for him. I was told time. that Beyonce was watching this show, and <laughs> thought you know maybe she's having second thoughts. You know, it's been a while. Maybe we can kind of try again. <laughs> she's just to thinking right. that could have been <laughs> to the left, to the left, to the right, to the right. <laughs> Did you have one story you wanted to tell us? You just said I, I, something I also want to tell you guys. Oh, gosh. There's so many stories. Well, I, if I was talking about the White House, 
Um, that was pretty amazing. The um, I gave a tour of the White House to Dan Marino, Sinbad, and Dave Winfield. That was pretty cool. Uh, so another another quick story. I was giving my family a tour because H.W. freaked out the Secret Service because he was so informal. And this is, of course, before 9-11, so the rules were different back then. But he was so laid, laid back. So at 6 o'clock, I could start giving tours. So my five-year-old nephew, Justin, was with us. And we're at the Oval Office. And there's a stanchion. And there's a Secret Service guy standing next to it. And Justin crawls under it and then crawls under the president's desk. And I looked up at the security guy. He said, will you please not shoot my nephew? <laughs> uh, and another one is in 89, Greg Petersmeyer was being approved by the Senate to run the Office of National Service, which President H.W. Bush had created as a testimony to service. And so I had his office the first month. So I could look at room 100 of the old executive office building, which is that big gray building to the right where three quarters of the staff work. And I could look over and there was a line of cypress trees just to the west of the West Wing. And but you could see a space where there was a swimming pool and Mrs. Bush was swimming in that heated pool. And then you could see uh, at about five o'clock, the president who was left handed, you could make he put together a horseshoe pit. And he'd, he'd go, it was sort of like his aerobics. He'd go back and forth and back and forth on the horseshoe pit, tossing with his left hand. I could see him from the waist down. So that's just a fun, a fun little memory. And but, something we can't unsee. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of Barbara Bush in a pool. I, I can't unsee that now. I did not see that part. I just saw her arms like that. So. <laughs> uh, speaking of Barbara Bush, so in 1989, we had in mid-April National Volunteer Week. And so I had Bobby Bear, former quarterback, yeah, from you know he had the French accent yeah. from uh, New Orleans, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. and Mike Tomczak, who at that point was the quarterback for the Bears. So I'm giving them a tour, and we had a photo op with the first lady, and there's a, a white marble bust of Harry Truman between us and behind us, and she's standing there, and we're laughing because as you can see in the photo, she's got a perfect kiss lip, uh, you know, <laughs> lipstick kiss on her cheek. But she had such a great sense of humor that she could laugh at herself. Now, the story I was going to tell you about was with AmeriCorps, uh, Senator Dole. I'd worked for Elizabeth Dole in the offseason, and I didn't care about party. I still don't. I think parties are all based on money right now and not about solving problems. And Dole was from Kansas, so I'd gotten to know him and had tremendous sense of humor, very humble. He's very approachable. And we had to get AmeriCorps passed. At that point, Dole had shut down what's called the budget reconciliation bill, which is the president's first uh, effort to say, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to spend. And Dole being the Republican leaders shut it down. Like, wait a minute, you haven't talked to me. Why don't you meet with me first? So we work and have a relationship together. And so now I go to the Hill with Eli Siegel, who's the head of the office of national service and Rick Allen, who is our chief of staff. And I simply said to Senator Dole, listen, service is something the Democrat and Republic Republican both understand is crucial to this country is at the core of our fiber and you don't have to vote for it but please just don't oppose it and um he didn't and so americorps became the first major or significant legislation of the clinton era and to that left as i point back there that letter right there is a kind of cool story because then there's the signing of the bill okay so the bill was to be signed on september 21st 
1993. Well, we're playing the Buffalo Bills the night before, Monday night. And so I can't get there in time for the signing. Well, I happened to kick four field goals and we beat the bejesus out of <laughs> Buffalo and Marv Levy, who used to be my coach, ironically. Right. So I get a letter, a few days letter, handwritten, that's it, from the President of the United States. And it said, congratulations on a great game, underline great, Monday night. All of your National Service pals are proud. Thanks for the time you gave to the National Service effort. I thought of you yesterday when I signed the bill. The kids of this country will be better for it, and so will the rest of us. Very Pretty cool. cool. Very cool. Wow. that That's the way to wrap up a show. How do you beat that? You don't. You don't. Nope. My God, it was a pleasure to have you, Nick. Uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of notable people on the show, but I have to tell you, I think that this is probably one of my absolute favorite Thank you. interviews because you, you bring so much to the table, your humor, your, your decency, the fact that you do a great job in communicating things that we all sort of feel, but maybe don't need to, don't, don't know what to do about it. So um, this has been an absolute joy. I enjoyed it a lot too. So, you know, the word namaste, right? I see the light in you, right? And that, and I really believe that too. Speaking of post-football and post-career is realizing when I see something good in somebody else, it's because it's in me. And when I see something bad in somebody else, I've got some work to do here too. So thank right. you for saying the good things and uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you. It's fantastic. And just one more time, what's the, the website for people to go and check it's, out? It's nicklowry.org or nicklowry.com, N-I-C-K-L-O-W-E-R-Y. There's an E there, E-R-Y.com. Right. And um, you'll see all sorts of videos. It's a 501c3. Our most important program, as you very kindly brought up, is Champions for the Homeless, which we'll be doing on Christmas Day. Right. And uh, uh, anything you can do to support the work we do or do it in your own community is a blessing. Thank so you. a friend of mine once said when we were ringing the bell one Christmas season, he said, don't give until it hurts. Just give until it feels good. Well, thank Perfect. you, guys. Thank you, Nick. Hopefully we'll be able to talk again right here on The Approach Show. Sounds good. If you're like me, you've been hearing a lot about burials and cremation lately. It's kind of a sad thought, but thousands of these poor souls have to be stored in these big refrigerator trucks, waiting sometimes weeks before they can be put to rest. And then and then the average funeral cost is over ten grand. I don't have that kind of money just lying around, do you? Everyone has the right to die with dignity, and an affordable burial policy can be had for as little as a dollar a day. Call Final Expense Network for a free quote. They shop for affordable rates from brand name companies, folks you've heard of. One call and you get coverage to finish well. You can even name your church as a beneficiary. Come on, you have loved ones. Don't leave them at the last hour of their need. Call now, 800-589-0470. That's the Final Expense Network at 800-589-0470. Finish well. Make a quick call to 800-589-0470. 800-589-0470. Thanks for hanging with us. We are the Approach Shot. John Ashton just waved goodbye and said, see you next week. He's putting some 
Bengay on those sore muscles, which lead me to believe that he actually did do some heavy lifting, which I, I would have bet against. <laughs> Bye, John. Yeah, he just waved back at me, and it wasn't with all five fingers, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Nick Lowry blew me away. Didn't he have that effect on you? This is a guy who is an NFL Hall of Famer. After he finished playing, he could easily have just rested on his laurels, but rather than do that, that's just not the kind of guy he is, obviously, having worked for three presidents and, and being a philanthropist the way he is, but you should really go on YouTube and watch what happened over Thanksgiving and Christmas, where he and his organization fed thousands and thousands of people in the Phoenix area. And this is part of what he is all about, the whole idea that he is campaigning to give a voice to the homeless makes such sense. I don't know if you've ever had the instance to do this. I don't judge one way or the other, but I've been in a position where I've been walking down a street here in San Diego and there are some homeless people there. And, and I will tell you, I'm ashamed to tell you this, but I have turned away at some point. I have done the no thank you, and not looked at them kind of thing. And that's exactly what Nick is working against. And since I have heard his story, I've changed that. I will look a homeless person in the face, and even if I don't give them money, I will say, have a great day, God bless, something to make them recognize that I recognize them as a human being, and it feels entirely different. And I'm not preaching, I'm not getting on a soapbox here, I'm just telling you my personal experience. And thank you, Nick, for putting that kind of thing in my head because I feel more of a much more human connection to these people. So I hope it meant something to you. I hope you get a chance to, to look to see the work that he's done because it's pretty fantastic. Anyway, Nick Lowry makes me also feel very football-y and this weekend is a historic weekend, I'm sorry, an historic weekend in the NFL because we have never been in a position where the NFL has had playoff games on television Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. This is the first NFL playoff game to ever happen on a Monday night. And it's very interesting listening to people who are football crazy like I am and like many of you are at how passionate they become this time of year. So many people rooting for Tom Brady. So many people rooting against Tom Brady. So many Dallas Cowboy fans raising my hand. So many San Francisco 49er fans. I've heard people say, the Steelers stand no chance. I've heard people say, the Raiders are going to upset the Bengals. I've heard people say, Philadelphia might as well not even show up against Brady. I've heard people say Philadelphia's got the exact defense that Brady can't handle. It's so amazing to hear how passionate people get this time of year, and I absolutely love it. So when we circle back next week, we'll have some things to talk about regarding the NFL playoffs. I'm also going to go back out and play some golf this week, which again was my New Year's golf resolution. So I'll tell you some stories about that. And Remember, too, that even though John's not here, he would tell you that if you're going to play golf, remember that the same people who invented golf and called it a game invented bagpipes and called it music. And then I would say something really clever like, life is a 
gift. Go open it. You've been listening to The Approach Shot with the Weekend Golf Guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's.